You're listening to the Short Shift Podcast, proud member of the Black and Gold Podcast Network. You can support the show by leaving a comment and five-star rating on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Player FM, Google Podcasts, or any of your favorite podcast platforms. Cynically acclaimed, incredibly online. And now your hosts, Thomas Nystrom, Andrew Johnson, and Ian Bonner. Enjoy the show. Hi, folks. Short Shift Podcast is back for another episode. This is episode 58. This is Thomas Nystrom. I've got Andrew Johnson and Ian Bonner with me. We're going to talk a little bit of bees today. There's plenty to talk about. Uh, the Marshawn suspension is over with, and we are moving on from that. But we didn't have as bad of a time as we thought we would without Marshawn. That is going to be something we discuss among a number of other things. But let's start off. Andrew, how you doing, brother? I'm doing great. Man, that Avs game really took the sting out of the game before it. <laughs> but... If you had told me that we had gotten we would have gotten seven out of twelve points in the without Marshawn, I would have called you a liar, laughed in your face, called you an idiot, kicked you in the shins, probably. But hey, I'll take it. I'll take points in four out of six without the heartbeat of this team. Yeah, and we thought we also were gonna be missing Burr's run for most of this as well. Mm-hmm. So I mean, obviously the good news there. Marshand is still sorely needed for this team to have any sort of string of of good play, I think. But damn, did you say seven out of twelve? Is that is that what it was? Seven out of twelve points. That's a yeah, five eighty three point percentage. I would have been way off. I would have guessed maybe four points, even with the the Ottawa games. I would have been like, eh, maybe four. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel good. I feel good about it. The Islanders game is obviously still a little bit of a oh my god, what the fuck was that? But the Avs game was also, oh my God, what the fuck was that? Right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take what we had this week. I definitely definitely think that we saw three very distinct versions of the Bruins this past week. Mm -hmm. We saw a team that showed up against the Islanders and put in a solid one third of effort. (laughs) And then completely shit the bed. Then we saw a team that kind of seems like what this team is, where they're capable of getting a lead and capable of pissing it away and then we go to uh go back home and we play colorado and uh what the fuck was that boys we kicked the shit out of them we peed on them stop using that phrase what does that mean we peed on them like that sounds sexual like oddly sexual like why are we doing that you're the only one that's making it sexual dude yeah man. you and r kelly all right well i set myself up for that one we did kick the shit out of them. And I I had to sort of watch this at work and then rewatch it when I got home. I kind of, before I rewatched it the second time, went, man, did we just get really lucky and the goaltending sucked for the Avs? No. Like, we actually up and down kicked the shit out of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, think, I, I don't think the Avs had any excuses. They didn't. And I, I talked about this a little bit. Every time they had a chance, almost... Swayman just went, you guys don't get to play today. Like, you don't get any hope. You don't get any momentum. No, this is our game. And the offense actually helped them out for fucking once. So, huge game. The only thing that could really be construed as an excuse, maybe, is that they were playing their fifth game in eight days. Yeah. Yeah. But everyone else is everyone else is going through this sort of compacted schedule right now. So, you know, suck it. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I mean, the Bruins are playing plenty of games in... Not as many days, you know, like this is this is kind of what the NHL is as we head into the deadline, but also head towards the playoffs. There's a lot of compacted schedules, as you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that we noticed uh, from the Avalanche game, because I don't really feel like talking about the Islanders game at this point. It's it's in the past. And unfortunately, <laughs> uh, the only thing actually I will touch on the the one note that was very important coming out of that game was what Cassidy said after that game. Mm. Very poignant comments, very to the fucking core 
of this team. Uh, Andrew, I know you had some some reaction on Twitter, but what did you think of Cassidy's uh, little little rah rah to the media there? I loved it. I loved it. It's part, hey guys, get your asses on straight, and part hype package fodder for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, bunch of bunch of pricks can become the rallying cry if this is pulled right. And Carlo, Brandon Carlo of all people, kind of seemed to seem to take a take a liking to the comments when he said to follow that when he said if he wants us to cross check him in their teeth, we should start doing that. Like, yeah. And ever since then, they responded. It was a, a kind of a sloppy game against Ottawa, but Ottawa's a game squad. Ottawa was a game squad. They're still a couple years away, but they have still have a lot of good young players over there. And then the most complete 60-minute effort of the season. Probably, I, I, would you guys say that that was our first? We've had a couple of signature wins this year. Would you say that was our first statement win this year? Internally, I would say that's a statement win in the locker room. Mm-hmm. I thought the Nashville win uh, a little while back was huge. Um, there was a Tampa win somewhere in there that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. But this is this is probably the one where if we go on to have a pretty good season, make a little run, I don't know, win a couple series, whatever it is. I think a lot of the guys in the locker room are going to look back at this game and be like, this is where we kind of recognize that we're capable of a bit more. And I don't want to just talk about the Avs game, but sure, you can say that, well, the Avs had a bad game. Like, that's that's fine to say. But this team really did show something there. Yeah. And that's that's I, I agree that that's, that's internally a pretty big statement for, that, for this team. Yeah, even if it's just a morale boost. Just to see that you can do that, especially after getting your asses handed to you by a team like Carolina multiple times this year, where it's like, guys, I think we're a good team, but I don't know if we can beat the elite teams. And then they go out and they didn't just beat an elite team. They asked, they they handed them their ass. You know, we needed to do that. Uh, and hopefully they can do it again whenever we play another elite team. Uh, we're going to get into who we're playing in this coming week, but we are not playing elite teams necessarily. So, we will get into that road trip, but just to tie it back, uh, the, the one thing from the Colorado uh, day, I guess, that stands out to me was the fact that V9 got scratched. And since yeah. then, there hasn't really been anything, hasn't really been anything said, but nothing positive have, has come out to kind of explain that. Well, he didn't make the road trip as of right now. He's back in Boston and he's under instructions to not skate. That tells me there's been a setback in concussion mm-hmm. stuff. And that fucking blows. The coaching staff sorely wants him because, and I'm, I'm sort of looping back to the pricks conversation. Cassidy says we have too many nice guys. We need to be more like pricks. Vok was a big part of that where he's, he likes the tenacity that Vok and I, I can't believe I'm having this conversation about Vok this season. I, I really can't believe it. I can't believe the difference this guy has made in the past six months uh, in his game. But there was a lot of the coaching staff desperately likes what he's bringing, where he's physical. And you don't see it in the big hits, but you see it in the, the interior play. He's getting and, his body inside. Yeah. He just wasn't doing before. In a moment where Cassidy basically called the whole team soft, let's be honest, that's what it was, right? That's what it was. He said, we are, we are acting like little bitches all the time, guys. <laughs> Why is this? And then that, that goes back to losing leads and things of that nature. Vok was the guy that was mentioned as we need more of what he's doing. So you can tell the coaching staff really would love if they had any option to play him, they would, which makes this whole scenario scarier because it's clearly a head thing, Mm. right? Not feeling right. Well, Mm -hmm. physically you're there, but not feeling right. Mm -hmm. This lingering concussion issues. Yeah. Yeah. Played two games and then he, I want to say he took himself out, but yeah, he went to the training staff during the pregame skate against Colorado and was like, I'm not feeling right. Which good on him. That's hard. That's hard to do. These guys want to play and he knows what that means. And he knows he's just trying to fight for a roster spot, but yeah, you can't mess around with that kind of stuff. Good on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very, it's, it was very, very disheartening. Um, Clifton didn't have a bad game, but, you know, I wanted to see V9 out there. I wanted to see V9 out there for the rest of the year, basically. 
I think he, I think he earned, he earned his stripes because mm-hmm. he played, he's been playing up and down the lineup. He can see, he can play both sides. He can adjust to whoever his partner is. He's just done. He's just, he's been a revelation. And just to see this happen is just, it sucks. It really sucks for the, not even for the player, but for the person. Yeah. I, it, w- this was going to be a really intense, interesting, and this, this is me assuming he's out for a little while. This was going to be a really intense trade deadline if you really liked Fock, because he was becoming not our number one asset, but the biggest piece of the the current team that could get moved. Right, mm-hmm. our number one asset is probably either Lee Sell or not this year's but next year's pick. Probably one of those two, oh, uh, because Ryan. I think a lot of people are looking at this team going, "You could be bad next year." I don't know if I want this year's pick for you. I might want next year's, but that's okay. I'm not going to, we're not going to speculate on that. Vak mm-hmm. was becoming that guy that was going to be trade bait. I think uh, if he continued to be a third pairing guy, I think the coaching staff likes him, but now you sit there and go, okay, so you, you have had issues right now. So there's no trade value there. And I know that sounds insensitive, but let's be practical about this. And obviously you can't help the team right now. We just have to hope that you're healthy in a couple of weeks and you can get back to it. And mm-hmm. I didn't really want to see him get, I wouldn't mind if he got moved for a decent piece. I didn't really want to see him go mm-hmm. because he had such a great turnaround and he's an internal guy. So I don't know. It, it was, there was a lot of question marks around this player. And now it just feels like the question mark is damn, can he even play? Yeah. It's such a bummer. Yeah. The fact that the, the, the fact that there's concussion history there just exacerbates it. Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking about this the other day. Is there a player in the league that doesn't have a little bit of concussion history? Because I feel like every time someone gets hit in the head, someone goes, well, there is history there. I'm like, yeah. it's fucking hockey. I hate that this is such a thing, but fuck, everyone has a little bit of history. Well, I mean, like 10 years ago, we didn't, we just didn't hear these things, you know? Yeah. Like 10 yeah. years ago, it wasn't discussed. Now, now it's highly publicized. We talked about it last week on the podcast with uh, Shesterkin and stuff like that. Like that's, that's shit you're seeing in the NHL now. And, and not just the NHL. It's in, it's in other sports too. Obviously NFL has their own protocol and everything, but it's unfortunate, but as you guys know, like I, I'm still dealing with a concussion from three and a half months ago and having yeah. lingering side effects. It's it's not out of the realm of possibility for it to happen to an athlete if it happens to a, a fucking couch potato like myself. You know, like there's not much there's not much you can do about it. A knock on the head's a knock on the head, and the body re- is going to react how it wants to react. But yeah. it just it just sucks because it feels like we were having these same conversations, uh, Andrew, last last year about Carlo like towards the end of the regular season where it's just like, fuck, he was doing so well and then takes a knock and then eventually comes back, takes another knock. And it's just, it's kind of endless for these guys. But unfortunately, these things are going to happen. The idea of a concussion history, obviously, if it's it's a situation where this guy's had three or four in the last five, six seasons, then you're worried about the human being and not necessarily the the team or the trade value and stuff. Like human element kind of takes over for me at least. Uh, I know some fans don't really necessarily think that and just <laughs> rub some dirt on it, get the fuck back out there. But yeah. this is not the state of sports and and medicine for that matter uh, that we're I, in right now. So this is and, V9's third concussion, oof. third documented concussion. Mm-hmm. And he's 22 years old. Can we bring up? I got to criticize Jack Edwards a little bit here. Please, him do, yeah. making the fucking. I don't even know if you could call it a joke. But there was something that happened in the, I think it was the Avs game where he mentioned, don't flitter your eyes, don't don't blink too fast, whatever it was. And I was sitting there like, come on, man. Like, you're literally playing light about the guy getting pulled by a spotter. He was referencing the, mm-hmm. the Shesterkin pull. What did and you I, say about his career ending in fire? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. He's but dancing just, that line, isn't he? No one even said anything about it. And I'm like, that was a heinous thing to say. And maybe I'm just soft. I don't know. But I just why are we making light of of the biggest problem in this sport as when it comes to a, a human health issue? Yeah. 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 I mean, there's a lot of criticism around him in general, especially from other fan bases where they just don't want to hear him. Oh. But yeah, that that stood out to me. But it's not the first time we've heard him kind of joke around about something that's a little bit in poor taste or, or borderline classless. Yeah, so, unfortunately, just, just, be, just be completely glib about, yeah. you know, like I, I've mentioned this before, comparing Matt Cook to Sirhan Sirhan. Like, what mm. the fuck are you doing, man? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's an interesting character yeah. uh, for sure. 
uh, that's <laughs> he's not he's Go not ahead. the most biased guy in the league though. I was yeah. listening to the Avs broadcaster. <laughs> oh yeah. When Rebound Bergeron score. scored the goal, <laughs> like the Bergeron, the Bergeron goal was amazing. Rebound score. Yeah, he just completely deflated. He gets upset about it. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's right. Every time I listen to anybody else's broadcast, I go, wow, there's a hefty amount of bias here, too. And I'm reminded that if you want to hate Jack, there's plenty of other reasons other than the bias, because you're getting that with 90% of other broadcasters. Yeah, for sure. On on a positive note, I will say that Swayman has uh, impressed Oh, yeah. The idea of what we sent down to Providence a few weeks ago and what we are getting right now is there are two different ideas, straight up. Yeah. Swayman's, uh, what do we got here? Swayman is now five, top he's, five. He's actually fourth, I think, now is after it? that latest one. I think he's fourth. What are you guys seeing in his game or, or, or confidence, I guess, would probably be what stands out to me right now. But I don't think he was ever not a confident player, but he's just... What is it right now? I think it's two things. I think his rebound control has been a little better. And also our rebound awareness has been a lot better. I think he's getting a little more help when it comes to the defense around him. But he is giving up less to to opposing players off of the second chances. I'll agree. And I will will say maybe that it's more than a little. He's been ever since he's come up, he's been in six games. I have counted maybe three bad rebounds from him where, you know, the, where he stops the puck and then the puck just dies in front of him. One of them got potted for a goal. And that was the, that was the, um, that was the Pittsburgh game. And the other ones and, and the other, the other couple were cleared out. He's gotten a lot better at putting the puck into the corner, swinging the puck away and just, Knowing one big thing that's really stood out to me is that he knows when to cover now. He was kind of shaky on that this year. I don't know if he was doing that last year. I, I can't remember if he was doing that last year, but this year he was kind of like, it looked, it looked like he was in there for the battle. He wasn't always, he wasn't always coming down to cover as his first instinct. It was just make the saves, make the saves, try to stick it, stick it in your body. Now he's actually going down to cover the puck. Maybe he could teach Olmark some of that. Yeah, mm. he wasn't yeah. always doing that. <laughs> was and Olmark, Olmark definitely needs work on that as well. I yeah. think some of that also can be confidence in what's in front of him too, because I feel mm. like over the last couple of weeks, I haven't been screaming at the television, yelling the word "clear" a hundred times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I want to watch a game with you, man. I'm really uh, it's, curious. It's, it's so he's dog, our number one goal right now. Though. The dogs don't stay in the same room as me. <laughs> Yes, he's won the job, but somebody, a, one of our intrepid hosts put something in here and I kind of want to touch on it. When does the Calder buzz begin? Oh, Jesus. Right? Well, come on. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Right now he is plus 4,000. He's like 12th, I think, in, in, in odds for the Calder. Every year. As we get close to the end of the season, voters do take a second to go, okay, yeah, Zegris and Raymond and and Cider, like those three are running away from with it. It seems like Bunting is a fun little dark horse. Um, I I think there's another guy that I was kind of, I I kind of thought deserves more attention. Uh, Seth Jarvis in Carolina. These guys all are like, there's reason to talk about them. But if Swayman has won the job and now gets two out of every three starts and continues to put up stupid numbers obviously that's a lot of speculation but voters at the end of the year do like to go okay i'm looking at all the point leaders let me just tab over to rookie rookie goalies and sometimes some numbers really stand out because goalies as rookies don't normally come in and just crush it so you're talking recency you're not talking recency bias here you're talking positionally speaking I think I yeah, I think at the end of the year they have to tab over to look at goalies and they're gonna see Swayman with 40 starts or 35 starts, whatever it is. I don't know where we're at in 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 pacing for that. And he's gonna have good numbers, like really good numbers if he keeps this up. Eventually, you're gonna look at Shisterkin and go, Well, there's the the Vezina. And there's then you look at essentially the heart. But that's sure, that's that's a fun conversation that we will have. Uh, probably not this episode, but 
Then you glance down and Swayman is still what he's two or three people behind this guy mm-hmm. as a rookie. I, I just think you have to start giving it credit in 4,000 plus 4,000 hella odds yeah. for a guy that you think could continue this throughout the season. Yeah. Drop a tenor on that. Right. I'm just saying, I'm just saying it's worth looking at. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I mean, it's, it's going to come down to how long he can sustain the way he's playing lately. There uh, if if he was like this the whole season, it wouldn't even be a fucking question. He's had some down games, but I don't think he's been even bad when he's been bad. You know, like he's had a couple of those. Uh, that's a rookie bumper in the road mm-hmm. uh, type games. But fuck, man, every goaltender has that. I think yeah. he's had one truly terrible game this year. Mm-hmm. Second game of the year against Philly. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember it. I blocked it from my mind. I know we didn't <laughs> I win, though. Was a, I think that's a different Philly team now. That's not even... Oh. Good. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah I think you have an argument. Yeah. yeah. Philly's, Philly's an absolute dumpster fire. Like, yes. oh, my God. Speaking of different dumpster fires, totally off topic. Montreal is going for their fourth win in a row tonight, something like mm-hmm. that, against the Sabres. What, um... What's happening here? Are you guys scared of the Habs now? Are we? No, no we're not. No? My, buddy, right. my buddy, my buddy, my buddy, Searle texted me the other day. Chris Searle, the guy who he got on a few weeks ago, and he goes, "Man, I didn't realize how much Dom Duchamp fucked this team." Seriously, <laughs> sometimes honestly, you make a move like that, and, and the team wakes up or rallies around. Cole Caulfield, else. Cole yeah. Caulfield has woken up. Good for he you. was dead. <laughs> I legitimately felt bad for the kid. I was like, he's getting, there's no way this is all on him, right? He's getting yeah. fucked here. Yeah. Uh, but no, I'm not scared of it. A nice little story. Uh, it'd be interesting. It would be, it would be very interesting to see because they've made it abundantly clear that this is just a, for the rest of the year thing as Mar- Martin St. Louis tries a trial run as a coach. But if this keeps up, do you just do you take the interim tag at the end of the year and just say, hey, you work really well with these kids where we want you to be part of this rebuild. We want you to coach this rebuild. He kind literally of, only needs to do the Cassidy to him. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he only needs five more wins to match what Ducharme did before. him. <laughs> so, <laughs> But this is what I'm talking about, like where where the team seems to be rallying around something, you know, like St. Louis is not that far removed from an NHL re, uh, role. You know what I mean? Like he he was a player not too long ago. It feels like only a few years. I don't I don't have it in front of me, but well, 2015, 16. Yeah, was last last like five, six years, something was like that. Was he really still in the league six years ago? I don't yeah, know. it's I, it feels close. Go ahead and look that up. But yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. But like he was a, a well-liked locker room guy. Like, so maybe there's there's a, a a desire to play a little bit harder for somebody like that, especially if he's just straightforward with the players and just been like in front of the in front of the boys in the room and just saying look boys this is this is the second stage of my career this is what i want to do let's fucking make something happen we've got nothing else to lose sometimes that's all you need to hear man that's how every hockey movie ever (laughs) is basically written (laughs) pretty much yeah Yeah. what's miracle in french yeah By the way, his last season was with the New York Rangers in the 2014-15 season. He scored yeah. 52 points in 74 games. It's not too bad. That yeah. is not bad at <laughs> all. I forgot wow. he played in in uh in New York. Yeah. Yeah. Good for him. Hey, yeah. To to swing this back just as a um I'm being rude right now to the to the Swayman stuff and the tandem kind of working out and Rask's not not feeling like doing it anymore. How many articles in the past week and a half have you guys seen of the, maybe it's time we rethink this Olmark signing as maybe a good thing. Like 98.5, the sports hub is drawing it back and they're kind of yeah. like, well, maybe this was actually a good move. Yeah. I fuck you guys. Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> Are you kidding me? I just uh, talk about the, the positional. Sometimes leverage. you have to just wait and wait and wait before actually giving somebody a little bit of credit. Yeah. So we needed yeah. the right thing, man. He doesn't always do the right thing. We're not anti Sweeney on this podcast necessarily, but you got to be willing to call him out for some of the dumb shit that he does. But that was not a dumb move. That was, that was arguably, I mean, that was that was the best goaltending signing of this past offseason. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it didn't even we didn't even have it in our mind that the idea that Rask could come back and, and bounce immediately because he just couldn't go. 
Right. But it certainly makes it look even smarter. But it looks smart even when Rask was here. Because holy shit, we have two number ones. Yeah. Oh, and guess Maybe what? three number ones. Yeah, we have three. <laughs> shit is right. ridiculous. We have a number one in the minors. Yeah. And and there and there and there are people, there are teams like looking up at us going, please. Right. Toss yeah. us one. Yeah. Just throw one over here. Yeah. By the way, great point to bring up, Andrew. Hmm. The only silver lining of the Rask stuff is Swayman doesn't get traded. Yeah. Because I like Swayman. And do I think he benefits from a defensive structure team? Absolutely. Goaltending is hot and cold. It's a roller coaster. We never know what he'd look like on fucking Chicago. But this, if he got traded because Rask was playing well, I would be so nervous about just like, oh, now he gets to just tool on us for the next 15 <laughs> years on some other team. I am so afraid of trading goalies because it always, every story you hear about in the history of the game is like they traded a super awesome goalie before they knew it. Hashik, mm-hmm. like that guy got traded his second year into the NHL or whatever it was. Rask. Like, oh, the Rask, yeah. Oh, I forgot about him. <laughs> uh, I just, I get so scared of that, even though there's a ton of horror stories about it too. So, I yeah. Don't know. No, well, I mean, I with our that. luck, he would have had like success like Holtby had on us. You oh, know what I mean? Like God. where it would just been a decade of just fuck, man. We can't and do anything on this dude. And Swayman has the kind of personality where when he plays us, he'd be like, I'm going to hurt their feelings. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> and my feelings would be hurt. Yeah. They would be. He would. I'd be very sensitive to that. So, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't have been a completely asinine move, though, if you think about it. If Rask did come back and he was playing really well. You could potentially get another year out of next year before he called it quits. Like that was, that was like best case scenario for him as a player. Right. But then you also have Olmark for what does he got three years after this? Yeah. You know, like you weren't, you wouldn't have been in a bad situation for the next, for the remainder of this season or next year. You're not wrong. My, uh, I'm just, I'm just getting to my feelings here. Yeah. This is totally emotion. It's not practical at all. No, it is. It is certainly a silver lining. And the hope is that we look back on this in another couple of years and say, thank God that happened. Like, yeah. Thank God. Thank God Rask retired. Fuck yeah. that guy. <laughs> don't clip that. Um, <laughs> so I don't think, I don't think Swayman was ever in real danger of getting traded, but now the silver lining is, that there's no way it happens. Yeah, I bet the Oilers would have given up their entire future for Swayman right now. <laughs> I really do. I think the Oilers were like, they we have one are, major issue. They are struggling with their goaltending situation right now. How it do feels you like it's been that? like this for like 15 years, though. Exactly. They've you have always the best had, player in the world. But no, but not even that, dude. They've. They, it feels like for the last 15 years, they've had two of the best players in the world. No. Yeah. You know, like they always and yet this team made low. a cup and yet this team made a cup final with Ty Conklin backing yeah. them, backstopping them. So, you know, life's weird. Yeah. Life yeah. is weird. So regarding trade talk, there was a trade. Uh the Bruins traded 2024 seventh round draft pick to the Coyotes, who are extremely thin on draft picks this year. Uh for the negotiating rights uh to a 2018 fifth rounder, uh Providence D man. Michael Callahan from Franklin, Mass. Yeah, Boston area because dude. Of course. Yeah, very Sweeney move. <laughs> what do we think of this player, man? He seems like he's going to be depth for now, just going to be AHL depth for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. He ranked number 10 on Scott Wheeler's prospect uh, pool. When, and when he ranked the Coyotes prospects, he was number 10. They seem to think that there seems to be a lot of scouts who think that he is just. He's just depth, but he's heady depth. He's a smart player. can get the puck up the ice, full 200-foot game, nothing flashy, just no frills, no nonsense. Mm. And he's and he's pretty big, too, 6'2", 205 pounds. That's, that's literally my stats. I might have him by a couple of pounds. It's been a, it's been a rough <laughs> couple of weeks, but we'll see. <laughs> my guess here is the Yotes just knew they weren't going to sign him. That's exactly at this point. Right. Yeah, that's exactly And they right. just were like, yeah. let's get something for him. We gave up a seventh rounder for a project piece. Like, I don't... I, I care about seventh round picks. Uh, not at all. I, I feel like I had a joke there and then I lost it. Yeah. No, I, I don't give a shit about seventh round picks. So. This Inconsequential same, pick. Yeah, this yeah. is the same. This is the same trade as we made last year with Toronto when we got JD Greenway for still, we don't know. It's yeah. future considerations. Yep. I it's wonder if 
have, have we ever had a definition of what future considerations actually means? Is that an eighth rounder, basically, <laughs> where like two eighth <laughs> rounders equals a seventh? And then, the, you know, you just build up. Future, no, I don't know. Yeah, right. What a bizarre thing. Well, f- future considerations. I think that I think that's just code for Lee Stepniak because he gets moved around a lot. Yeah. <laughs> if you complain about this trade, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. If you are like playing the parade on this trade, I think you're worse than the first guy. I, I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Uh, this is such an inconsequential move. Yeah, you have to uh, you have to remove this from the deadline. Like this isn't this isn't a deadline deal. This is literally just an organizational transaction. That's all this yeah. fucking is. Yeah. Um, but of course, we're gonna get some no, stupid Twitter jokes and all that stuff. That's just because of the timing and all that stuff. I've got but, no issue with Sweeney filling the coffers. It's just yeah. it's you know do what you can. Like you know you get a not a ready made product, but you get a a guy who's already had four years of development. Yeah, for a pick that has a three percent chance of making the NHL, it's nothing. Smart mm-hmm. kid, locker room leader, three year captain there. Mm-hmm. He's playing decent hockey in a in a Big East school. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't I don't honestly know much about him. I, I'm sure I've seen him play because I've watched Providence a couple of times this year. Nothing really stood out to me. Like I don't I didn't even recognize the name. I had to look it up, but it's it's a nothing pick. So it is what it is. God, shout out to people who didn't have to look up the name. Like, yeah. you are tuned in. Good for you. Yeah. Uh, what you're telling me is he's the next Bobby Orr, though, and I am pumped. Yes, Super absolutely. About that. Yes, correct. Super yeah. excited. Mm-hmm. Hey, there was a better trade that happened. <laughs> <laughs> Not Bruins related. Yeah. <laughs> Nick Ritchie got traded, boys. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. What did he even get traded for? What what, what happened here? Andrew, you're, you're more tuned into this. What happened? So Nick Ritchie got traded for Ryan Dezingle, who was put on waivers and yeah. promptly claimed by the San Jose Sharks. And placed on their second line. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> and Ilya... Tia, I'm sorry. Ilya... Libushkin. Let me try. Libushkin. I'm not even going to try. Oh, boo. You never try. try. You never get the ants because you never try. (laughs) So, Nick Ritchie, right? (laughs) Great guy. Character guy. Character guy. Uh, Nine points in 31 games for the Toronto Maple Leafs before being placed on waivers. Nobody claimed him. Shocker. And finally got those top line minutes on the Toronto Marlies. Good for That's him. That's not fair. That boneless Muppet got top line minutes on the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> so I don't know what you're talking. Nine fucking points. Another one was off his ass this season, by the way. So good yeah. for him. <laughs> uh, nine points. And he played way too many minutes with Matthews to only have nine points. You could have stopped that sentence at minutes. Yeah, that's fair. Actually, it's very fair. Yeah. But Arizona gets what they want. Arizona gets a um, gets more caps, more cap floor space, and also I believe there are picks involved. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't really know. So I bring this up for a reason, though, right? It's not just to laugh at Nick Ritchie, although it's partially to that, laugh that, at that, Nick that 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 you that has to help a little bit. No, I, mean, you, I know what you're getting at. It's- Player aside, I don't. It doesn't fucking matter that it's Richie, but what matters is the implications that a move like this is going to make. Right. Yes. Right. So at least Andrew and I have been really vocal about this, and Thomas, I know you've you've agreed. So we talked so much about you can't trade a guy you just signed. Mm-hmm. Mainly talking about Felino, right? Uh, you can't trade that guy and still be an attractive destination for free agents. They just did that. Is there a difference between what we're talking about with trading Felino would look bad for us and they traded Nick Ritchie halfway through a season with him? Well, first of all, it's different because Felino has a no movement clause this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that would look way different. But let's pretend he doesn't for a second. It's still way different because Ritchie was not brought in for the purpose that Felino was brought in for. Foligno was brought in for intangibles, leadership, defensive acumen, 
maybe chip in, maybe chip in 20, 25 points. That ain't fucking happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Yep. Yep. Okay. No, I get what you, I get where you're going. I get what hey, you I thought he would, by the way, I want to be very yeah. vocal about that. So did I. I was so did a I. big fan of that. I didn't like the money, but I was a big fan of the signing. So, yeah. Well, that's so the expect. That was the expectation with him. The flip side is Richie is a perpetual reclamation project. Yeah, correct. Every single team he goes to, they're just like, maybe we can salvage this first round pick talent and turn them into something. And it's it like just, the girl that likes never. toxic men. Yeah. yeah. I can fix him. Or I can the fix me him. that likes toxic women. Mm. My girlfriend doesn't listen to this pod. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> incidentally, incidentally, the Coyotes have their pick of the Leafs third rounder in 2023 or their second rounder in 2025. Brutal. What a, what a cost. <laughs> <laughs> what, what a price pay. what a price to pay yeah. <laughs> but no um i still believe that in, in in those instances especially in the instance that you mentioned in agents talk man they like are you sure you want to go there they just did they just did this to nick foligno they did him dirty you sure you want to go there buddy well we'll make it happen but I don't know about that. So I think I'm a big uh, agreeer with this where trading a guy like Richie, who just felt like it felt like the only people who thought that this Richie thing would work out were people in Toronto's front office and the people that the front office convinced like the fans. Yeah. There was a hilarious segment of fans that were like convinced that Richie was going to do some amazing things for them. And I think it was the minority because Toronto fans, for all the shit we give them, fucking know hockey. Yeah. Like, they know what they're talking about. It was weird, the amount of people that really bought into this move. And it felt like the rest of the league just went, what what are you doing? (laughs) So moving him just felt like more of an obvious, hey, the deadline's coming up. We We need to make some moves here and he's not working. Whereas at least, and I've noticed this from our own fan base, and I disagree with it, but hey, everyone to their own opinion, there are some people who still really like what Felino brings. Mm-hmm. So I, I agree. I do think it feels a lot different if you tried to ship him out. Yeah. And and also the idea of like shipping out Felino right now, it's not like he's been bounced around. I, th- I think the thing with Richie is they just kind of mess with him a little bit, sent him down to the AHL, kind of softens the blow of that, where it's just like, you know what, maybe we're doing something for the player because we just stuck him down in the minors. That's kind of what he would be. Let's give him another shot at the NHL level. I'm sure he'd rather do that than play for the Marlies, you know? So yeah. maybe maybe all that movement and all that lack of NHL time for the last couple of weeks leading up to this move soften the blow, not only for the player, but maybe just for the agents and the way that they're thinking about the situation. But mm-hmm. I agree with Andrew. It's a totally different situation. Uh, that said, uh, I, I do think him going to Arizona is not a terrible fit because he kind of has a face for medieval times and they're about to play in an arena about the size of medieval times <laughs> fucking <laughs> arena. Man we, shit, man, we shit on it so much, but I would love to go see a game there and that kind of sit in that yeah. kind of. Oh, I hope they stay for a couple of years. Cause I want to go. I oh, do. They're, they're going to, they're going to be there three, for a couple it's, of years. Apparently it's at least three years. It's just, to me, it's just bad for the league mm-hmm. where they're just making these concessions for this fucking team. When there's hockey hungry fan bases in multiple locations. I know Houston's been talked about. Quebec will forever be talked about. Um, I personally would love to see Milwaukee. I know I've brought that up before on Twitter and stuff. I think that would be a, a great market up there uh, for the natural NHL. rivalry with the wild. Just a natural, natural hockey area. Wisconsin mm-hmm. loves their fucking hockey. They love their sports. You know what I mean? Like it's a good sports city, but go Badgers somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere, somewhere is where that team needs to go. And it's really unfortunate because I know Arizona fans get a lot of shit, uh, but their attendance isn't as terrible as people make it out to be it's not the bottom of the league there are good fans there the problem is their fucking ownership has just been absolutely atrocious ownerships plural yeah it's just every owner they've had (laughs) yeah and they they can't fucking lock down a stadium there's there's multiple arenas there that they've played in that are viable nhl quality arenas and they just can't fucking hang on to it and now they're going to be playing in a in a college barn that isn't even complete yet. It's barely going to have enough capacity to, 
to be considered an AHL quality arena. Is it going to be fun to watch a game there? Yeah, sure. But you can't imagine that the players are going to be that excited about it yeah. being on a college campus and stuff like that. It's just, it's not a, it's not a pro level area. Someone's going to get in a lot of trouble on the call. Somebody's going to get a lot of trouble and I hope it's big dig Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Let him just run, run that fucking oh, campus. Oh God, the punchline to that whole conversation. Uh, oh, that was good. That's okay. Thomas, Thomas, you just fucking hit a homer on that one. Yeah. But I'm hey, gonna mute myself first. <laughs> amazing. We have lost. We have lost local. Yeah, he just muted. That's okay. That's um, and yeah, one, I mean, I, I know your stance is a little bit softer on this, but I'm just thinking of the overall optics and quality of the league. Oh, it's, it's just it's like it sh- they shouldn't be playing there. It's and unfortunately, this is just. I can't stand Gary Bettman for so many reasons, but this is another example of him just digging his heels in the sand and being fucking stubborn and ignorant and just incapable of doing his job correctly. There shouldn't be a fucking team there. I don't know why he's catering to these people, but it is what it is. I guess it's just, he doesn't want to admit being wrong. Go be wrong somewhere else. That's all you got to do. Like two things can be true here. It's awful for the league, but it would be a lot of fun. And also, like there could be like a potential like blowback where it's like, oh, it's the hottest ticket in town because you know it's the most scarce ticket in town by yeah. about ten thousand seats. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. The 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 smallest arena in the NHL is is the Canada Life Center in Winnipeg. Winnipeg, yeah. Fifteen thousand. And I remember, I remember them. There was some questions about if that was an NHL viable arena. That was right. That was just an oversized AHL arena. And yes. that's for 14, 15,000 fans. We're yeah. talking about a fraction of that being allowed, being fucking the stamp of approval from Gary Bettman to play in that arena. Is it yeah. fun? Is it cool? Yeah, sure, dude. But are you going to see fucking the Boston Bruins play at Warrior Ice Center? You know what I mean? Well, a, that would a, pre- a that would yeah, for a preseason <laughs> game, but you're not going to see an NHL regular season game then. Yeah. What happens if they can't fill it? <laughs> I don't honestly I don't I don't think that's going to be a problem because there are enough fans that will go to it but also it's on a college campus and they're going to just fucking hand out tickets if it reaches that point sure. which could make it a very lively barn and everything but oh it's yeah just, that's, it's that's just a not, good point yeah it's going to be loud it's going to sound like a fucking aluminum foil roll but <laughs> it'll be interesting and I'm I'm looking forward to actually watching a game but as far as it goes for the health of the league it doesn't look right can you imagine a playoff right. game? Can you imagine a playoff game actually being played in that? Thing? Can you imagine a playoff game with the fucking Coyotes involved? <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I mean, we've seen it a couple of years ago. Yeah, and probably right. won't see it for another little bit. Yeah, we saw that weird West final run in 2012. Mm-hmm. But this is why the ownership probably is is so happy because they're like, hey, the front office went, hey, we're going to eat a bunch of cap to get terrible. They mm-hmm. what? They got 32 million. They just took on in cap to to get all these picks and all this shit and shipped a bunch of people out. And then for the next couple of years, we're going to be at the floor and ownership's like, yeah, that's what we like to hear. Yeah. I'm going to mess. Absolute mess. Eight picks in the first 64 picks of this draft. And, and they're probably going to end up with more. Yeah. Yep. Because the deadline, still got to be moved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So ridiculous. I'm excited for their draft, but fuck man. <laughs> it's just disappointing. It's just what happens when you see, don't pay your see, fucking rent. Yeah. <laughs> I will be disappointed if that team does move, but mostly because it because there's been failures and, and the fan base deserves better. And I, I thought the Atlanta fan base to a point deserved better than they got. I think maybe I'm just sensitive to teams moving, mm-hmm. you know. Maybe but I think got, the Atlanta fan base deserved a whole lot more than they got. They they did awesome. they did but they've also now had two chances they'll never get another chance not in yeah. our lifetime yeah they won't but uh, speaking of tiny facilities uh, practice today uh, out in Seattle DeBrusque line one Froden and Bergie Marshan has a family matter to attend to I haven't really heard much else but he is expected to be there and play tomorrow so the only thing that I heard was that it was a positive one so that's good okay that's yeah. that's. I d- did not see that. I don't even yeah. know what that would mean. 
I don't know what that means either, but that's what Connor Ryan says, and I trust that dude. So. Oh, I heard that I he know. was playing the floor hockey with the kids and laid an illegal hit, and so his wife suspended him for floor Oof. hockey for a couple of weeks. That's yeah, tough. it's tough luck. It's yeah. a tough luck. Debrusca, the top line. Uh, <laughs> I, I I thought that was kind of maybe not the obvious move, but one that has the most potential for a huge payoff. I'm mm-hmm. nervous. I'm nervous, but here's the thing. DeBrusk has maybe not the skill to be a top-line guy, but he does have the skill more so than anyone else unless you're splitting up your 11, 13, 12 line. Yep. Which has been a revelation. And God, if that could continue for the next couple of months, I swear I'll give up drinking. I not do to, not <laughs> to belabor, not to belabor the Colorado game, but holy shit, that line that led to that line's play that led to the first goal, where they kept the puck for what was it, Ian? You said it on your video. It was a minute and a half. Minute and a half of real play. Not yeah. That wasn't, that's not hyperbole. They kept it in the zone for a minute and a half. Coyle and Coyle and Freddie did a lot of the work on that. It was mostly Coyle and Freddie yeah. just kept moving his feet to lay picks, to give and go. Like he was working solo with Coyle and Smith was like, I'm ready to shoot it when we want a shot. I'm ready. Now we never did take a shot during all of that. Or not really got a shot on net during all of it. Yeah. But Smith was there. He was just ready. Wore him down. Just wore him down. And then Poster and then and then Posternock came in and was like, oh, all right, I'll land this. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the thanks for the help, boys. But someone needs to finish this eventually. Yeah. yeah right. I uh that line's been great. You don't Debrusque. break up that line right now. No, you can't. No, you, you can't. Can. It's the best chemistry we've had all season of any line outside of your typical Bergeron line. It's I mean, a couple of weeks ago. I mean, we're probably going back like two months ago, like Steiner on the fourth line and stuff like that. We we had a couple of games where it's just like, wow, the fourth line. But it was a rotating cast of characters. Yeah. This yeah. is actually three dudes who, for some reason, are working really well and, and honestly doing exactly what we need out of a third line. Exactly Smith, what we need. Smith is not a surprise here. We've always talked about Smith belonging on the third line. He could be one of the NHL's best third line guys. Coyle. Great third line center, overpaid, sure, whatever, if you want to say it, but great there. Smith is going to work with anybody. Frederick is the only piece that you're like, how did this happen? Mm-hmm. I would like to. I would like to know. I would like to formally, re- formally open an investigation of where the fuck this Trent Frederick's been. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of the he last should be drug tested. Honestly, he should be drug tested. <laughs> he's he's shown flashes of of the ability to kind of do these things. But this is sustained. Yeah, this is this is this is the arguably the best. I mean, this is the best he's probably played with. Playing with a player like Coyle, who's a very giving player, is going to help him out. But this is this is the role that Freddie needs to carve out for himself. Ian, I know you agree with this. We're still kind of down on him. We're like waiting for the other shoe to drop. But right now, ride the wave. Yep. Nervously optimistic. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But the the negative side of this. So we already had lost faith in Studnika playing meaningful minutes this season, mm-hmm. right? We, we had gotten to that point a few weeks ago. We were like, all right, Stud's not going to make the jump this year. Not out on the player as an NHLer. I do think he is an NHLer, but we're probably – he's not part of the team this year probably, right? In a playoff is he a trade run? piece? Huh? Is he a trade piece? I mean, he's certainly on the – yeah, you absolutely are including him on your bigger swings. Mm-hmm. Um but Steen, who we all really kind of enjoyed and thought was making a push, I didn't think his last couple of games up top were bad. He just wasn't getting the point production. And he ends up getting bumped. Bleed still looked decent. Bleed has a, Bleed was on fire for a little while there, but has come down to earth a little bit. But if Frederick stays in the lineup, well, Steen doesn't have a place unless he forces someone out of that fourth line. Mm-hmm. So that's that's your little well. There's a negative there. It's not the end of the world though, you know. Yeah, I mean, I love seeing. It looked like he had hit a bit of a wall. He had bit of, hit a bit of a wall, which I think I hate to say it may have been a little expected with his style, all gas mm-hmm. and breaks. You know, and I don't think he's quite harnessed that just yet. 
And also kind of sadly, it uh, doesn't look like he's taken the demotion very well in Providence. He has not, he, he, he's gone down there and he's been very, very quiet. Um, let me get in reports that he's been very, just not there, just not his normal self. So hopefully this is then turns into a learning experience for him. I want to see him in the NHL next year, like full time. I would love it. I think he's, I think he belongs. I think he belongs. Uh, I think he is. I think he needs to learn how to use the brake pedal a little bit, but I think he, I think skill wise and natural talent wise, he does belong. Mm-hmm. Um, so Stadnik has been sent down to the AHL. Uh, Jack Ashan with V9's absence was called up and Jesper Frodin was also called up. Were you guys surprised that Seneshin didn't get the call? No, because it had something to do, I think, with being able to send him back down. Hmm. Well, there is... Wasn't, isn't there like a waiver situation where if you bring him up... He's already passed waivers. He's yeah. already passed waivers, which means if you bring him up, he doesn't become waiver exempt again until he plays 10 games. Yeah. So you wouldn't have lost him. You wouldn't have lost him if he played 10 games, Correct. If he had played nine games and they sent him down, yeah. uh, no, no, uh, there's no, no promise. He even plays three. Yeah. But with, exactly. And that's, that's the problem because there's no way you put a player with his, his skill set on waivers and somebody's not going to take a chance. Mm-hmm. He'd be in Seattle in fucking three days. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, because they've no got five around. of them Particularly, now. So yeah. They've got yeah. three <laughs> former Bruins now. Yeah. <laughs> so, so no, I'm not surprised. Uh, I think that was the right move. And I think Senison probably understands why that wasn't uh, in the cards for him. Uh, I do think he's still going to be also similar to uh, a Stanika. Uh, if we're putting together a big swing package for anybody, he's probably thrown into that. Mm-hmm. Here's a kid who's, uh, who's vastly improved in the AHL. We're not sure about his NHL viability. You take a shot at him. Mm-hmm. I'm so curious if teams would even consider him just because uh, he doesn't have the draft pedigree. And so although he's having a decent AHL season, I don't know if he moves the needle much for most teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a sixth rounder. So that that usually for some reason speaks volumes to teams. Are you mm-hmm. talking about Steen or Seneshin? Oh, Steen. Sorry. I, I went no, back to Steen. T- oh, okay. Yeah, we're talking. Oh, that's Senny why I got right mixed now. up. Yeah. I was like, Senny, Senny, Senny is not a six rounder. Yeah. So. I, I'm like, I'm like, are you, did you just create your own reality of the two? My brain spaced out for a second. <laughs> Mistakes belong in the pod, guys. Yeah. Senny no, is absolutely a trade. Piece. I don't think Steen, I don't want to see Steen go anywhere. I think, I think they might have gotten something with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's still, there's definitely something there just from a fucking, compete level i want to see him at least get a shot at the nhl level with us next year i like to i i like seeing these axelson picks work out axelson mm-hmm. reportedly pounded the table for this kid so love it well, i like him obviously yep. mm-hmm. i bought a jersey and then he got sent down so what the fuck but whatever it's fine <laughs> it's fine but, but it's fine ian do you think that do you think what do you think about senny not being brought up even though he's doing pretty well in the ahl right now i'm still so just I'm so negative about Sedition. I, I, I don't, I, I yeah, I, I would probably try harder to involve him in a trade than I would bring him up into the NHL. <laughs> I, it's not his fault. He got drafted in the first round, right? No, it's not it's his not. fault. It's not his fault, but he, and I've talked, I've had a few conversations. I had a conversation recently with somebody who said that he's kind of close with, with that family. Oh, and, was kind of it was a kind of a thing where he's like they don't know if he really just ever got into the ability of handling that kind of pressure and at the end of the day that's kind of part of the nhl man like i feel for you but there is no one in the nhl who doesn't feel pressure i don't care how good you are yeah no. The, the, uh, fir- the, the first round pick feels pressure for living up to that stature the seventh round pick feels pressure for beating that beating that, that first out. round back yeah yeah exactly <laughs> beating that out yeah. everywhere you go yeah so how do you guys handle pressure depends uh, on the situation put, i'm gonna put 60 seconds on the clock for you stupid motherfuckers oh no no why are we <laughs> what is happening right now what happens all right 
Who wants to uh, who wants to go first here? I'm always the one who goes first. Just do it. <laughs> Just do it. I'm nervous. Why am I nervous? I it's been a great. couple weeks. We haven't done it in a little bit. I know. I'm scared. Are right, you ready? Yeah. All right. You can designate one player on this entire Bruins roster as untouchable. Who is it and why? Swayman, because I just am so obsessed with them. All right. If there's a deal to be made, the return and fit considered, where is the ideal landing spot if you are Jake DeBrusque? Oh, ideal landing spot? Uh, I actually think it's Vancouver. Couple bad years, but he'll stay part of it. And there's some fast, fun guys on that team. I think it's Vancouver. I'm with that. David Krejci or Phil Kessel? I hate that I'm asking this question, but who is more likely to wear a Boston jersey one more time? It's absolutely Phil Kessel. Yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely <laughs> Phil. So weird to say. <laughs> All right, you got uh, about 12 seconds here. You're on your way to the seats uh, at a game. What are you stopping at the concession stand for? As many beers as I can carry. Just, <laughs> just basic. I, I don't even give a shit what it is. Blue moons. Fuck food. Fuck food. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? I can't. I can't take breaks between the periods. I gotta get like six beers now, and then we'll. I know. I know. That's ninety-eight dollars, but we're doing what we can here. Well, I'm. Um, I'm the one that's fucking buying them for you. So that's right. <laughs> Hope you started saving. Uh, I um, can't wait. Honestly, to build I don't this. even have the. I don't even have the. The hate in my heart to allow anybody to buy me a beer at a game. Certainly not five or six beers. Yeah. That's like true. Andrew's basically on the hook for at this point. <laughs> I I hope we find a cheapish bar. I really do because mm. I'm gonna start feeling bad after the second drink. Yeah, I know I, I am. I'm I, such I, a sensitive I, asshole. I, yeah, I I won't feel bad after the first because I'm gonna be too busy ripping on him. Yeah. Second one, I'm gonna order just to cheers him, and then it's probably gonna be PBRs for the rest of the day just to do the cheapest possible thing I can do. Yeah. It's like, ma'am, ma'am, do you have Schlitz? Yes, <laughs> some Milwaukee's. Do you guys please, have? Please. Do you guys have Guinea cream? <laughs> oh man, Andrew. And then ready? Angelo's up there like top shelf motherfucker, <laughs> whole time. <laughs> uh, let's go, guys. Let's all go. Right. All right, Andrew. Sixty seconds on the clock. Here we go. If there's a deal to be made, the return and fit considered, where do you think the ideal landing spot is if you're Jake DeBrusque? Columbus. Okay. I, I, th- I, I really like what they're building over there, and I think they have enough pieces that are attractive to us. Ooh. I think everything is attractive about that, except for the fact that it's Columbus. Yeah, that's... Yeah. <laughs> yes, but yes. David Krejci or Phil Kessel, who's more likely Kessel. to wear bees? Yeah, Kessel. yeah. I don't think it's. I, it it has to be Kessel. I just everybody needs to stop. I love the Krejci. question though. It's a good question. Yeah, it hurts to say it. Yeah. Uh, you can designate one player on this entire roster as untouchable. Who is it and why? It's gotta be. It's gotta be Swayman, man. I'm. I'm. I'm fighting Ian for those for that affection. Yeah. All right, you're on your way to the seats. What are you grabbing at the concession stand? Chicken tenders, baby. Chicken tendies. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, tendies. Uh, well, that way it can He wants all the beer and he wants fucking chicken McNuggets. He just wants a happy meal on the way to fucking. Dude, I'll be four beers deep before he finishes it. I'll ask for the last <laughs> chicken tendie. <laughs> and I'll give it to you because I'm a friend. Oh, yeah. look at you, know. you. And then he's going to be like, can I have one of your beers? I'm like, no, no absolutely not. No, no, dude, you buy the beers. Go get the go, beers. I yeah. fucking bought those beers. Give yeah. me one. <laughs> <laughs> Which will make it even funnier when I say no. <laughs> I understand why you guys are saying Swayman, but just thinking of what this team is right now, I can't say anybody other than McAvoy. Because if we lost Swayman, we still have Allmark for a couple of years. You know what I mean? Like, I've I just, can't believe I didn't think McAvoy or Marchand or I was just immediately the young goalie who I'm in love with. That's yeah. it. Well, I'm, 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 I'm guessing we kind of just thought that that's like unspoken, untouchable. You know what I mean? Maybe. No, it's just but one player. Said, one player, one man. player. I think he is the pillar of this franchise. I think Swayman could potentially be right behind him, but he's still young enough where it's like, you don't necessarily know how it's all going to pan out. We know what we have in McAvoy. You don't give him a fucking deal like he got without knowing. Dude, but, when we trade McAvoy in 12 years, we are going to get so many assets for him. <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> uh, all right, let's sneak into predictions here. Andrew, yeah. Andrew with two weeks in a row here. That's right. Uh, tying me for second place. We're just one win behind uh, Ian for uh, for first. 
So I very, was not nervous for a while, and now I am very nervous. Yeah, we're, we're both at your heels. Fucking mm. told you. <laughs> yep. So we've got... Well, let's let's pick four games. We've got, obviously, the Kraken tonight. This is just a big road trip right now, but I mentioned it. Games, the, I believe? The, what's that? Six games, I believe? Uh, it's Yeah, it's five or six, yeah. I think it's a six-gamer, yeah. Yeah, so we're going to call the first four that. I mentioned at the top of the podcast that this is a... Uh, an important road trip and a winnable road trip. I think this is one where we need to go out and, and take the momentum off the Colorado game and kind of make a statement. We have the ability to uh, make a little bit of a headway in the standings with this. So uh, we're going to kick it off with the Kraken. I'll even I'll even start since Ian just started with his uh, 60. Uh, Kraken, we're taking a dub tonight, 4-2. Uh, that is, we are clapping cheeks in this one. This is a 5-1 win. You get on us for using pan on teams, and yet you're out here going clapping cheeks. Yeah, but mine is supposed to be sexual. But, like, that's literally <laughs> sexual. But you're the only one who's cheeks. making it sexual by no, pointing out that it would be sexual. No, the has a weird sexual connotation, and it's gross, is all I'm saying. What's your prediction? Anyway... <laughs> Allmark, Allmark is starting tonight, so I, Marshawn's coming back. I expect a big dub. I expect five one. Yeah, Ooh, same Marshawn's going to play with a uh, with his head on fire tonight. I'm very excited to see him play tonight. Wait, well, that was the same as you, Ian. So yeah, I was. You know what? Every week. You know what? You know what? I'm going to go six one. I'll All go right. six one. There you go. Price is right rules. Ian Sharks. Uh, all right, easy peasy lemon squeeze me. This is going to be a tight one, though. 3 2. Sharks are going to score late to make it interesting. That's a dub, though. Uh, I will go 4 2 on an empty netter. Big okay. Mm-hmm. I, I have 4 2 as well, but I, I will say not empty netter. I think it will be a tightly, uh, tightly played game, but I think we will have the game in hand uh, consistently. I don't. I don't foresee uh, dropping a lead the way that they have been at certain times. Man, I, we're due for an empty netter, though. Yeah. Yeah. We we're are also- due, but also history is against you. So what do you... <laughs> like, like, where do we draw the line? <laughs> we, were due for, we were due for a statement win, and we got it in Colorado. I'm holding the hot hand here. Yeah. I think we've been due for a statement. We've been due for an empty netter for six weeks. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, then we move on to the Kings. Kings are uh, probably the the best team that we're playing, at least in in these four games of the road trip. But uh, what do you got in LA? I really like them. I like what they're doing over there, and they're in a dogfight for that last playoff position. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be a tough game. I think I think we lose that one. I think it's going to be a three two loss, not over regulation. I'll say three I... two. I'll say, go ahead. I don't want to do this. I really don't. I really don't want to do this, but I have to. It's in my gut. It's going to be a 3-0 win. I'm sorry. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. <laughs> Ian, what have we told you about you in in particular predicting shutties? I can- oh, he gets one shutout right, and all yeah. of a sudden it's me in particular. Yeah, because yeah, you haven't gotten one right yet. I have. I'm ahead of you in that one. Yes, you are. That's all due respect to you. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna still say a win, but I'm gonna say three two in overtime. I think that's gonna be a grinding, a grinding game. But uh, just a, just an aside, I, I know I already said this, but I I'm I'm really looking forward to that one. I'm I think really, it'll be fun. Kings are Kings are just about there in their rebuild. Mm-hmm. By the way, 10 o'clock start, 10.30 start, 10 o'clock start. Entire ball sack. And the Ducks and then whoever else, the the freaking Sunday-Monday game, Uh, back-to-backs. Oh, my God. I'm just going to die. Yeah, we're finishing these four games with the Ducks in Anaheim. I'm I'm saying that's going to be the loss out of these four games. I think we're going to do pretty well, but the Ducks have just played us pretty well lately. Mm -hmm. Getzloff that fucking old asshole looking us up last time and that is that's pain honestly for me that's just pain uh ducks 4-2 okay uh ducks 2-1 i also think that's a loss but i think we're just struggling to score that game bruins 2-1 
dub. They avenged Tuka Rask. Okay. This is a weird week because you guys have the same score twice, just separated by overtime or empty nets. What what other game did we have the same? You have the Sharks game the same and the Kings game the same. You had 3-2? Yeah. He had a 3-2 uh, loss. Oh, I guess you have an overtime win. So that's, yeah, yeah, I have I have yeah. a win. He has a loss. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we don't have the same scores. All right. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Sorry. I'm sorry. I, I'm clearly in a fog. You'd think that it was me concussed, not my girlfriend. Fucking... <laughs> She's she's recovering, by the way. She's That's doing good. better. That is good. May I, I feel may for I ask, May I ask what happened? She took a surgery table to the head. Oh, good. Yeah, with a I... patient on it. <laughs> oh Jesus! Why are you gonna ask? She's a vet tech. It was a dog, yeah. but still not great. Yeah, not a. Uh, yeah, it's good <laughs> stuff. And I fucking strained my groin two weeks ago. Like, and I'm still feeling the effects of that. All right, I'm not gonna ask you how you did that though. So. <laughs> Nothing Don't. inappropriate. Nothing actually inappropriate. Boo. That would have been way more fun if it was. I know. But, I know. <laughs> you got to be a storyteller, bud. It's not lying. It's world building. <laughs> Anybody got anything else got anything today? Else? Jinx. I'm, 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 I'm tapped out, I think. I think. I think we're pretty much covering everything that we need to cover for today. Uh, we will be back next week. Uh, in the meantime, anybody who... Uh, feels like helping us out like rate subscribe the whole deal uh wherever you find this podcast and wherever you listen uh we that shit helps us up yeah jump on jump on our twitter click the link in our profile and you're gonna see a number of links links to uh our spotify account our apple podcast google podcast the main the main ones that it seems people are mostly listening on uh you'll also see a link to uh low quality bruins fans youtube channel fantastic channel for anybody who still for some reason has not checked it out how funny would that be if someone listens to this pod all the time and they're just in spite of me it's like no i no, refuse I wanna... to look at this channel yep i'll listen to you all the time but i don't want to look at your fucking face that's fair that's very fair <laughs> no that's <laughs> i kind of respect that's, that's... that all right boys oh my god go bees go bees go bees Southern bread, I think. Yep. I think I could. Gross. <laughs>